have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. So glad you're here on the first day of 2017. Isn't this exciting? We get to celebrate the day together. So glad you're here. You didn't stay out too late. You made it to church this morning. I did want to give you a few things to celebrate. Christmas Eve, we had right at 2,300 people came to one of the three services. And multiple people gave their heart to the Lord. We can, That's worth thanking the Lord for. So thank you guys that... We're a part of that. And then also, uh, money is still coming in. We, we have been uh, taking up a special offering for United Church, which is a church that we are help planting in the Forest Hill area. If you're visiting with us today, which is uh, right uh, down Chippenham, and uh, that, that money is still coming in. So I'll give you a final count next week. It looks like we've surpassed our goal. So thank you for your generosity and your faithfulness in giving. I also had a birthday over the Christmas break, which I'm not real excited about. But I always, I, I like birthdays because I have some friends that think they're funny and they like to send me stuff that cracking on my older age. I'm not old, but I am getting older. And one guy sent me this. He said, it's a man and a woman if you can't sleep, uh, see it, an old man, old woman. And the man said, my butt fell asleep. And the wife said, yeah, I know, I can hear it snoring. And <laughs> that's funny to me. I don't, care. I don't care what you say. That's funny right there. And then here's one old man looking at this thing. He goes, the Internet is so fascinating. And his wife said, that's the microwave. And uh, I can, here's one. You know you're getting old when people keep telling you how young you look. And the, the honesty of that is nobody ever tells me how young I am anymore. So if you want to make my day, just, just lie. Just say something nice. Somebody sent me this. Don't let, a, don't let aging get you down. It's too hard to get back up. And I'm not there yet. But this might be my favorite. You know, I wish they would have put a man and it's a, she's smoking a cigarette. That's not what I like about it. But it says you're, you know you're old when you can't walk past a bathroom without thinking, I may as well go while I'm here. So, so <laughs> those are funny. That's kind of funny, you got to admit, some of it. Today we're in a, let me get out of that so you're not looking at that old lady. Today we are in a series called Reset, and uh, we, we just want to, I'm excited about it, and I'm also a little bit anxious about it because this is the time of the year where we set aside the first 21 days starting tomorrow to really to, to just consecrate ourselves and do a 21-day uh, time of praying and fasting. We've been doing it for six years now, and it, it kind of struck a nerve, I think, in the American church. I got kind of reintroduced to the church back in 2010 by a guy by the name of Jensen Franklin. He's a pastor in Georgia, and he kind of he got the, the church back on this this discipline of fasting and prayer. And so over the next 21 days, we're not the only church. There are churches all over America, all over the world that are fasting and praying. And, and I, I want to talk about it today. And, and I, I know like uh, Dave, some of his family's here, Josh, you probably think I only talk about fasting, but you're only here on the first Sunday in January. So for some of you that have been, I've taught on this a lot, and uh, I just want to motivate, I want to encourage, I want to I share God's word. For those that have never been a part of fasting and praying, then I, I want to inspire maybe you to, to jump on board. So let's dive into the word of God. It's in Matthew chapter 6. And as I set the, the, the context for this, Jesus is talking and he really, he shares three keys with us that are essential for kingdom living. 
And there's always, you, you got, there's power in three. Remember in Ecclesi, Ecclesiastes, it says a strand of three cords is not easily broken. There's something about the power of three that really uh, is significant in the life of a believer. And, and so he says in Matthew 6, 2, when you give, here's one of these three kingdom uh, principles, when you give. And, and we understand, I hope we do by now, we understand the power of giving, that giving opens up our hands to receive from the Lord, that giving breaks the power of greed and covetousness over our life, that giving, uh, it, you're no more like God when you give. And obviously, uh, we have a giving church because we're able to do what we've accomplished. And we're, our desire is to give a million dollars away to missions next year. And for that to be accomplished, everybody's going to have to be a giver. We're, I'm just encouraging you to tithe. It's not what I want from you. It's what I want for you. I want you to walk in that relationship. And the Word of God declares it when you give. Later on in the chapter, it says when you pray. Here's the second strand, the second chord, the second key. When you pray. We know the importance of prayer. I don't know. I know we know about the importance of prayer. I'm not sure if we're good at praying. And, and then over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about prayer to, to maybe just give you some, some helps in making your prayer time more meaningful, more purposeful. But when you pray is the second key. When you give, when you, when you pray. The third key is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 18. Same chapter, just a little bit further down the passage. It says, when you fast. It, and, and this is a key that we've not only misplaced, uh, and a lot of times we're not even looking for it. We're, we, for whatever reason, we... We think for misuse of this word fast or misunderstanding of fasting or this idea that it's too radical for just normal people, that we are not participating in it. But Jesus had an expectation that the people of God, the followers of Christ, would fast. And fasting means to partially or completely to abstain from food for a period of time for a spiritual purpose. So when I talk about fasting today... And, and I'm talking about food, of, of giving up food for a season of time, for a spiritual purpose, to dig in and go after God. And now some, some of you say, well, I'm going to give up the radio, or I'm going to give up TV, or I'm going to give up the internet. And that stuff is good, and I applaud that, and I thank God for that. And if you'll use that time that you might spend in front of the TV in prayer and Bible study and meditation, you're going to benefit greatly, but that's not what... Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 6. He is saying when you push away from the table, when you die to your flesh, when you give up that, 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 the food so that you can come be closer to me. And when you do it, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. This is the Pharisees' way. This is how they did everything for outward appearance. And even Jesus is not rebuking them. He's just saying, he's, he's saying, man, they did fast. They just did it in the wrong way. And they did receive a reward, but they've already got it. But when you fast, again, this implication that we would be doing it, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And, and I don't know about you, but that's what I'm after. I'm after the reward. I want to be rewarded with a greater sense of God's presence. I want to be rewarded with a greater revelation of God's love. I want to be rewarded with more souls getting born again at Clover Hill. I want to be rewarded with a greater intimacy and dependency on Christ. I'm looking forward to the reward. And if I'm going to look forward to the reward, I've, I've got to do what he's asking, commanded, and, and will that we do, that we 
fast. And, and you say, well, that's, that's Old Testament. No, that's New Testament. And, and even if you go further, if you go to Luke's gospel, the disciples, at least the Pharisees, are criti- you know, that's their job. That's what they thought their job was, to be critical of Jesus, to undermine his authority, to, to discredit his teaching. And, and they said, they started telling them, hey, John's disciples fast. The Pharisees fast, and Jesus, he claims to be the Son of God. He claims to be the Savior of the world. He doesn't fast, and nobody around him fasts. And Jesus responds in Luke chapter 5, Can you make the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. The bridegroom is Jesus. When Jesus was with his disciples, that's not the time to fast. But when he leaves, when he goes back to heaven, which he has now, he died he resurrected, he ascended back to heaven, he seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In those days, they will fast. Again, God has an expectation. Jesus implies. He, said, he doesn't even apply. He, he notes that we will be people that fast. And according to our, to our text this morning, you can fast with wrong motives. So I want you to get the motives right. So if you're taking notes, here's a wrong motive. One of the wrong motives is that you have fast to obtain favor or receive forgiveness from God. You, you, that's what the Pharisees' problem was about. Oh, we'll fast more, we'll give more, we'll do more, we'll serve more so that we can receive God's forgiveness. When Jesus died on a cross, he said, it is finished. Your sins are forgiven. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Positionally, if you have said yes to Jesus, you are righteous. There is nothing else you can do. There's, uh, it's just accepting the blood and the sacrifice and the penalty of our sin that Jesus gave for us. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's, you, you don't get more saved because you give or fast or pray. You're saved because you've received the gift that God's offered to you. It's not a, a works thing. It's a, it's a gift thing so that nobody, no one should boast. Fasting is not about receiving God's forgiveness. Fasting is about denying yourself. It's saying, I want to decrease so that Christ can increase in my life. Paul said it this way, I beat my body and make it a slave so after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Another motive that that is not right is if, if you use fasting to lose weight, and, and, and fasting is not a Christian diet. It will happen. It's okay that it happens, but that's not its purpose. If you need to lose weight, go to Weight Watchers. Get in the gym. Push back from the table. Fasting and prayer can break the power of food. You know what Paul told Timothy? For some people, food, their stomach has become their God. And they're not eating to live, but they're living to eat. And it's, and it's, and it's interfering with what I want to do in their life. So fasting can, it builds up the spirit, man, so that you can have the motivation and the power to push back and say no to what this flesh wants and allow the spirit, man, to be made strong and whole. To, here's another motive that's, that's not right. To appear holy or spiritually supreme. And that's what I don't want this fast to be about, where we compare with one another. Well, I, I went two days. Well, I, I went three days. I want, and where it becomes a game or a comparison or a contest, that, that's Pharisee fasting. That's not what God's interested in. That does not receive the reward that he's interested in giving. Here's what he told the Pharisees. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You're hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, 
but on the inside you're full of dead man's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to be people, uh, you appear to people as righteous. You look like you know the part. You, you do like you know the part, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. What, what fasting is all about is not cleaning up the outside. It's, it's letting God do a work inside and, and, and getting us in here. Here's another, another myth or another wrong motive to twist God's arm or to get him to do something from us. Well, if I fast for five days, he's obligated to heal my body or, or he's in debt to me to save my spouse. I don't know, whatever you want to put in there. And, and it, Fasting is not so much about moving God as it is moving us, positionally getting us to a place where we can receive from God. God wants to bless you. God wants to reward you. God wants to do things in 2017 that will blow your mind. But if you don't align yourself with his will and his heart, if you don't get yourself in a position where you can receive from God, you're liable to miss out on what he wants to do in you and through you. And we want to say, God, I'll fast so you'll do this. I'm saying let's fast so God will do what he wills. And what he wills is much better than what you could even think, hope, or imagine. Fasting is aligning our hearts with God. God has some great things for you. It's, it's connected. Here's, it's for a spiritual purpose. Connected. Fasting and prayer and Bible study, that, those, the three links, get they're they're connected to a spiritual purpose. What Maybe you need restoration in your family. And so I'm going to set aside some time and, and I'm going to really, I'm going to target in on that. And I'm going to make that a real matter of prayer. And I'm going to, I'm going to fast to, to, to position even spiritually to, to stand in, in the gap for my family and get us in a position where we can receive from the Lord. Maybe it's a breakthrough in finances. Again, you're positioning yourself. During this fast, God's going to give you creativity. He's going to give you insight. He's going to give you revelation into his word and what you're to do and how you're to do it. And you're positioning yourself, getting ready for what God wants to bless you with. Maybe you need direction for the future. You know, I would not make a major decision without making, um, making it a matter of prayer and fasting. I want to be led by the Lord. I, I, I want my steps to be ordered by Him. And I'm, gonna, I'm positioning myself. God, I'm stepping away. I got some decisions to make. I got, I got some opportunities to go. I got, a, I got a direction that I'm thinking about. But Lord, I want to make sure my heart is in line with your heart. I want to make sure my will is in line with your will. I want to position myself so that I don't miss out on this opportunity or miss out what you want to do in my life. Maybe it's healing for your body or salvation for a friend or greater intimacy with your Savior. Whatever it is, you pinpoint this spiritual purpose or this focus or this desire. And you say, you say, God, here's what the Bible says. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Most scholars believe that word humbles means fasting. So if you fast and pray, Jesus said, God said, I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal your land. I'll forgive your sin. And according to our text, he'll reward us with things that, 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 that we were. God can condemn fasting with wrong motives. If you have a Pharisee attitude, you, you, it, it just don't even, 
do it. But when it's done by the leading of the Holy Spirit, when it's God-centered and Christ-ordained, when it's, when it's motive is to die to your flesh and draw closer to Christ, when it's not used to manipulate God but to worship God, when it's done in conjunction with prayer and Bible study, the Scripture make it clear that there are some wonderful benefits and potentially life-changing encounters that you can have with Jesus. So what are we doing? We're calling a 21-day corporate fast. Again, we're not the only church. There are multiple churches. But from tomorrow, the 2nd to the 22nd, we've set aside those days for really pushing in and pressing through and, and going after God with a greater focus and tenacity and, and really intensity. Because the reality is we all tend to drift. That's what we do. By nature, we drift. That's why Sunday morning is so important. Because you're, you're bombarded with messages and influences throughout the week. And you need to come with the people of God on Sunday. And you need to worship together. And you need to hear God's word together. And you need to be encouraged. And you need to encourage so that you can set your course. It, you've got to be purposeful. You've got to be intentional. And that's what fasting is. It's purposeful. It's intentional. God, I'm going to realign my heart. I'm going to reset my, my spiritual uh, uh, climate. I'm going to go after you with greater intentionality and greater focus and greater purpose. And I'm going to seek you with all my heart because you've promised I'll find you if I, if I go after you with, with all that I have. In the Bible, there's many examples of corporate fast. In the, in the case of Esther, there was a plot to destroy all the Jews, to really to align, uh, 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 to destroy that nation. And so Esther was in a position of influence, and she had opportunity to address the king. And so before she went into the king's chambers, she told, the, she told all the Jews, hey, I need you to fast and pray. And as a result of that, she went into the king, found favor, and really held back a holocaust back in her day of what could have happened. When, when Jonah went to Nineveh, the, the, he preached God's grace, and the leaders of Nineveh said, We've got to repent. We, we've got to fast. And so they called a fast. And the result was that God withheld their judgment. In Joel chapter uh, 2, it says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your whole heart. That's what fasting is. Again, our hearts can, be, can become crowded. Our hearts can become complacent. Our hearts can become uh, casual. Our hearts can be... Uh, uh, clouded with different things, and we want to return to the Lord with all our heart. Well, how do we do that? With fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart, not your garments. You know what Joel's saying? It's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. Go after God and return to the Lord, for he is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sin, and he can relent from sinning his calamity. So, so we're, I'm calling as the spiritual leader of Clover Hill, I'm calling us to a 21-day corporate fast. We're going to believe God as, as others are fasting with us to, to go after God. Another, what I need you to do is ask the Lord what he will have you do individually. I don't, I don't, I don't want to manipulate. I, I don't want to guilt. That's not my motive today. I don't want, I don't want you to feel less than. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit wanting you to do during these 21 days? I, and I'll just give you ideas. Again, this is what people have told me they're doing. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm saying these might be some options. But one guy told me he's fasting a meal a day for 21 days. One, one guy said she's fasting a day a week. Uh, uh, 
what, what I'm doing, what I feel like the Lord has led me to do is to fast, a full fast the first three days, so water and juice, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then a partial fast the remaining time, and then the last three days of the 21 days to go on another three-day full fast. And that's what he's, I've also made a commitment to Angie that, that we've been, over, we've got busy with Christmas and the season and, and, and all that's going on, and, and we've been sporadic with our prayer time together and with our devotions as a family, so we're just getting back on track, and we've made a commitment to one another for the next 21 days. We're going to make sure, if it has to be by phone, whatever it is, that we're going to pray together, that we're going to read God's word together. I'm, gonna, I'm involving my kids. I encourage you to do that. Make this a family thing. I, I have a six-year-old. I'm not, you know, he's not going to fast any food, but I'm going to involve him in the process. Hey, Micah, we're doing this. Dad, why aren't you eating tonight? Because in the Bible, it talks about fasting, and we just want to get closer to God, and we just want God to be the leader of our home. We want to be, maybe I'll, I'll tell him about Joshua. It's for me and my house. We want to serve the Lord. I just want him to be a part of what's going on. Again, you, teenagers, if you want to do media or whatever, I say go for it, and that would be great, but but put it, try a meal. Just ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you to do. Holy Spirit, what, what, I, I know one guy's doing like 30 days. And if, if that's how the Holy Spirit leads you, then he'll give you the grace and strength to do that. But if you're going to go 30 days, you better be led by the Spirit. I'm telling you, get, I don't want this to be Pharisee. I don't want to put anything on you. You don't need another weight. You don't need a burden. You don't need another thing to do. I just want us to receive from God. I want you to experience all that God has for you. And so if you'll be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you. He'll direct you. He'll tell you. And then, and then, and then, and then go for it. And if you, if you happen to slip, get back up and go at it again. And just, just make your motive. God, I just want more of you. I long for you. I thirst for you. I, want, I, I, just, I just want you to, to be the center of my life. We've created Eric Brown, a guy on our staff, used to be our youth pastor, now he leads worship at Mosley, created a 21-day guide to prayer and fasting. And I encourage you, they're for sale. We told you in the back, $3 is just to cover our costs and to put value to it. You can also download it for free online. But every day there is a particular fast. And like tomorrow is the fast that Samuel went on. It was a fast of confession. So we've listed the story of where it is in the Bible, and then a key verse, and then some prayer points. And so tomorrow morning for the next 21 days, we're going to gather here for prayer for at 7 o'clock from 7 to 8 a.m. If you can come a day a week, if you can come every day, if you can come every other day, whatever you're able, I encourage you to come. We're going to read this together. We're going to worship together, and we're going to pray these prayer points. And if you're not able to come, then I, again, pick it up, download it. Let's go. Let, let, there's, there's something about corporate prayer. When there are 1,500 people praying about confession, it, it gets the attention of God, and that's tomorrow's prayer. And so I just encourage you to do that. We'll have, we'll have service on Wednesday night, the first three Wednesday nights of the month. And again, I encourage you to bring your kids. And some of you are saying, well, they're fourth graders, and they need to get to bed early. And, and I understand that. Man, I'm a parent, and it's hard. It's a challenge. It's going to be difficult. But some of the greatest, the, some of the things I value the most, when I was going through them, I don't think I appreciated them. 
But some of the things I value the most when I stood beside my mom and dad in church and I observed my dad as he went after God. When I saw my mom at an altar praying and, and crying over, over a loved one that had, that had drifted from God. There's something about when, when, when children see their parents interacting and going after God that they might not appreciate it at the time. But later on, it, it just plants a seed and, and it has so much value and so much importance. And so I'm telling you. Bring your kids. We'll have ministry up till second grade, but third grade and up. Let's worship together as a family. Let's go after God together. Let's, let's, let's make the, let's just say, Jesus, we want you more than anything else. We need you and desire you. Here, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm praying for on this fast for me and for you. We have, and again, we have all kinds of resources online too. Because if you go on an extended fast, you're going to need help, you're going to need motivation. And that Jensen Franklin, anything he writes is great. Bill Bright has some, old, some books. He's an older author that's written on fasting. There's just some, uh, our website has, you'll just need to read about it, stay focused, stay engaged, and God will help you. So that's available to you. But, but here's what I'm praying, that God will give us a spirit of release. Here's how I'm wanting us to be rewarded. And there's other things, but I've just listed three things that I'm praying for. And, and, and there are too many of us that... that that just sin has too great of a grip on us. And there, there's some things. You know what? I don't think we take sin seriously enough. And we think, I think maybe we think God's grace is so great. And it is. But God's grace is not a license to sin. And the reality is sin destroys. That sin, the wages of sin is death. If, if you don't break free from sin, it will kill you physically and emotionally and spiritually and relationally. There is not Sin takes you further than you want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. And it costs more than you're willing to pay. We need to be aggressive and on the offensive against sin. And there's some sin in our lives. And I'm not talking about things where we slip and mess up. But these besetting sins, that these, these continual sins. One, one guy said uh, what the, he calls iniquities, where these sins that just have a, a grip on us. And, and we go for maybe weeks without experiencing them. But, but then they just keep raising their ugly head. And, and we just can't seem to get free. And I, I'm, I'm talking about addictions, maybe pornography. I, I don't know, but I don't want to limit to that. Maybe it's a sharp tongue. And how many know a sharp tongue can be destructive? There is life and death in the power of the tongue. Maybe you just continually, you go for a season, but then that sharp tongue just rises back up and, and, and continues to destroy those around you. Maybe it's a, a, a fear, a worry, a doubt, whatever it might be, but you identify it as if I didn't have this in my life, I, I could... I could be, I, I would sense a closeness, closerness to Jesus. I don't even know if that's a word. But I would be closer to Christ. And I, I want God to free us of that. There's a story in Mark chapter 9 where, where this guy, this boy was demon possessed. And he would fall on the ground and foam at the mouth. And, and then he'd get back in his right mind. And de then the demon would manifest. And the disciples prayed for him. And nothing happened. They, I, mean, I mean, he was no better off than when they prayed. And Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus prays for him, and he's set free. And the disciples are, are like, God, we have the same. We thought you sent us out to do the same works that you've done even greater. Why couldn't we do this? And Jesus' response was, because some things only come out by praying and fasting. If you've got a besetting sin, if you've got a habitual sin, a sin that won't let go, some things only come out 
by prayer and fasting. Yes, you need accountability. And yes, you need to saturate your mind with God's word. And yes, you might need to get some, some counseling and some help. But you also need to put this into your life and begin to do this. Some kind only come out by prayer and fasting. And, and, and I, I just want you to note, some of us, are, we're up for a fight. We're up for a battle. We've allowed this thing to hang on for way too long. But the Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Sometimes there's got to come a time in your life where you say enough is enough is enough. I'm not going to let this thing keep destroying me. I'm not going to let it rid me of my potential. I'm not going to miss out on the purposes of God. I'm going to get along with God. He didn't come to just set me partially free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm standing on his word. I'm standing on his promises. I'm going after him, and I'm going to believe that this kind's going to come out by praying and fasting. And I'm believing in addictions and attitudes and appetites that are less than holy and less than God-pleasing are going to be broke in your life and in my life in the mighty name of Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Let it be, Lord. Let it be. A spirit, spirit of release. I'm also praying for a spirit of revelation that God will give us fresh insight. And revelation into who he is and to, to what he's about. Revelation is, maybe you've read your Bible, and, and most of you have, I'm sure. And maybe you even set it aside because I just don't get anything out of it. I don't understand it. it it's too, what you, you don't need another Bible. You need revelation. You need God to, re, when revelation happens, those words off the page, the Bible, it's illuminated. It comes to life and and oh, this is what that means. And you might have read a story a million times in the Bible, but, but with revelation comes new application and new understanding and new opportunity to, to walk that out and live that out. I'm praying is that we go on this fast. We'll have revelation. You remember when Jesus said, well, who do people say that I am? And, and some said, well, some said you're the Elijah, the prophet. Some said you're Moses. No, some other people don't have any idea. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus responded, that was not given to you by man, but that was given to you by God. That was revelation. God's going to give you revela new revelation, new insight, new understanding into his word, into his plan, and to his purposes. Here's, here's, what, here's what Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And this is what I'm, I'm praying for us, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, how many know that heaven is rich with blessing, that God is not bankrupt, that he has an abundance, that he has an overflow, and he wants to bless you, he wants to come alongside you, he's just, he's just waiting for us to position ourselves and align ourselves so that we can receive all that he has for us. And, and what is that blessing? Well, he wants to strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's people to grasp. Here's Paul. You need a revelation. You've heard John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But that's just become a saying. 
That's just become another verse in the Bible. No, I want to get, I want to pray that God will give you revelation so that you'll be able to grasp, that you'll be able to understand, that you'll get a fresh comprehension of how wide and how long this will change your life, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, it goes past the natural and it goes to the supernatural. It goes past the soul and gets into the spirit. I want to give you revelation, knowledge of the love of God that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That's what I want for you. That's what I want. That's what I want for me. New revelation. Some of you, some of you are living less than because you've You've not experienced the revelation knowledge of God, that that you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, that that God's plan for you is to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Some of you need a fresh revelation that if God takes care of the birds of the air and clothes the lilies of the field, how much more does he care for you? If you'll remain in him and his words will remain in you, then you will bear much fruit. You need a fresh revelation that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Death, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, nor angels, nor demons, nor anything else in all creation can separate you from God's love. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. There is nothing you you can do to make God love you less. His love is based on on who he is, not what you've done. You need a revelation in 2017 so that you can be filled to the measure of all the goodness of God. That if you'll wait on the Lord, you need a revelation of this. That if you'll wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. Pastor, I'm tired. I'm weary. I don't know what to do. I'm burned. I'm wore out. Well, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He's able to give you rest. You need a revelation that you've been invited by the king of glory to come into his presence confidently and boldly to find mercy and grace in time of need. You need a re- I need a revelation that God is my provider and my protection. He's my peace and my security. He's my joy. He's everything that I need. God, would you open our eyes and open our hearts? Give us a revelation of who you are and what you're about. Amen. Here's the last thing. A spirit of reward, and and, and that's what God wants to do. He wants to reward us. Jeremiah said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Here's our text, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's no greater way to diligently seek the Lord than through prayer. And fasting. I'm praying that he'll reward us with a greater awareness of his presence. That he'll intensify his presence. That he'll manifest his power. That he'll establish his people. That he'll release his supernatural provision over our lives. Here, here over the next 21 days, Clover Hill is going on a stronger hike, a hunger strike against hell. We are declaring to, to Satan as all his cohorts and all his enemies that God is greater than anything, that God is above all and God is over all, that he's my primary relationship, that he's my focus, that I'm realigning myself under his heart and his will, and I'm going to believe and expect him to do great things in my life and in my church. Will you join me? Will you, will you go with me? Will you, will you pray about what the Lord would have you do? Matthew 6, when you fast, 
It's the third key. It goes with giving and prayer. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Amen, everybody. Amen.